Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. What is up, guys? Before we get started, I want to tell you about our friends over at ZoomCare. I used this uh, service recently, and man, what a time saver it is. What a convenient service it is. Uh, instead of having to go into a doctor's office where, you know, you got to schedule, you got to make sure you leave work, you have time, you got to, you know, get in there, sign up, sit around, all that stuff. It ends up being, I mean, at best case scenario, probably an hour and a half of your day going away as you need to, uh, you know, get into a doctor's office, get checked up. Whereas with Zoom Care, you schedule your appointment, you schedule your time, you hop in on the Zoom five minutes, maybe even less, before your appointment starts. The doctor's there on time. You tell them what's going on. They tell you what they think you need to do. They get you a prescription sent or whatever you need. And minutes later, you have taken care of this. It took me exactly 13 minutes, my first meeting with Zoom Care, um, which I, I say is 10 times uh, less than it would uh, if I had to go to an actual doctor's office. So make sure you check out ZoomCare, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com to schedule your appointment today and hopefully never go into a doctor's office again. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Not supposed to wait for, well, bring on the chase. Out on the field, mile high, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with Breck, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DDNVR. All right, we are presented by MSU Denver Online. Make sure you check them out. MSUDenver.edu slash online is where you can scope out all they have to offer. We're talking 750 total classes, 45 plus online hybrid programs, and so 
much for you to further that education. So check it out. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So this is uh, the best place for you to go if you're looking to keep that job and further that ed education to hopefully then get a better job. So make sure you check them out. msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's shaking? So pumped to be starting the week with you fellas. It's going to be a great one. I can feel it, except for the weather, which is supposed to get worse. Yeah, it is. We we got summer last week, and now we're going back into springtime. Or yeah. winter. I mean, this is Colorado, right? When yeah. Colorado, Denver, Colorado, home of the Mother's Day snowstorm that uh, many years ago forced Kyle or Mike Shanahan, pardon me, to alter the entire offseason schedule because it kept snowing so late into the spring that he got sick of moving mini camp inside the old bubble that was down at Dove Valley. And uh, for a few years, guys, mini camp was in July because Mike got so sick of moving mini camp inside. Of course, now with the field house, if that were the case, it wouldn't be an issue anymore. NFLPA would have yeah. none of that mini camp <laughs> in July. I can yes. guarantee that. And uh, yeah, good thing they're not in the bubble for many reasons. I feel like you can draw a pretty direct line between people who get very intense fake tans and people who really hate the snow. <laughs> <laughs> people who don't want to go inside. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. yeah. He's a, he, it's basically a captures mid at this point. Yeah. Wait, you're you're telling me that's fake? <laughs> uh, oh, it's, no, actually, it's very it's very real, and and he's put in countless hours in Cabo cultivating that glow over the years. I mean, uh, you know, th it's funny. Like when uh, whenever there was a bye week, um, you always knew that this, at the earliest possible moment he was going to be on that private jet. Wheels up to Cabo for as long as possible. That's uh, if you want to find Mike Shanahan, you can usually find him either in Cabo or out in uh, Santa Clara with his son. How did he never coach the uh, San Diego Chargers? How, how did he? How did they just not dangle, you know, a beach in front of him and lure him away from the Broncos? That's a good question. That's a I, I don't know. Would have been funny if that's how the Broncos lost Mike Shanahan, like in the middle of the the. the wonder years they're just like he's like look man i just really can't handle this snow it's sunny and 75 every single day in san diego <laughs> and, and he ended up in washington which is just okay although in the course of his time away from the nfl he did uh flatly turn down buffalo's interest at one point i mean mm, not yeah. a surprise yeah in, in retrospect though that that uh might have been a mistake going to Washington. But that's another that's another discussion entirely. Welcome yes. into the DNVR Mike Shanahan podcast. <laughs> hey, at least say, he's a ring of famer, right? <laughs> did the Cabo Sun also make his teeth miraculously that white? <laughs> oh, the, the money he was getting paid, he could have the he could have the pearliest of whites, guys. That's true. Okay, we will transition into much more uh, topical segments here uh, over the weekend. It comes out uh, from a quote, originally a quote from Dalton Reisner, who was on the uh, Matt Lombardo podcast, uh, the Matt Lombardo show on the Fan Sided Network. And really interesting quote uh, from Dalton Reisner. I actually have it word for word here right in front of me. Um, I know, me prepared, who, who could believe it? Um, it says here, Peyton Manning is a big fan of Drew Locke. Him and Drew have been doing a lot of work this offseason watching film. If he's on board with Drew, I've been on board with Drew. 
it's been fun. I always love how people don't like don't know how to finish quotes, so they just throw in something at the end. Like, <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, anyways, it has. <laughs> five, anyways. I'm like, I read that. I'm like five and eleven. <laughs> I just think he means this off season. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been a fun off season. Um, the off season just wa- has always watching, been more fun recently. Yeah. Watching Drew work with Peyton Manning has been very fun. Very fun. Um, <laughs> But, you know, this is something um, that has been a big topic in Broncos country this uh, over the weekend. Um, some people like finding a way to twist this into criticism of Drew Locke. Um, but most people, you know, using this as a reason for hope for Drew Locke. And I think it is. Um, now, you, you always know, like, how you have to be careful how much you care about this stuff, how much you read into this stuff. What I will say, though is that if Peyton Manning, who, as we know, is one of the busiest people around for a retired man, um, he's got something on the schedule every day. He, and he has the, the next 365 days of his life planned out, I assume. If he's taking time out of his schedule to work with Drew Locke, and not just like a one-time – you remember when we, we, you know, we, were, we were talking about like the two-hour phone call they had or something? Like, if, if, if he's taking time out of his schedule to work with Drew Locke on a consistent basis, more than once, really, I'll say, it tells me that Peyton Manning doesn't think Drew Locke is a lost cause. And that has to be worth something. Well, Ryan, do you think, do you think if Paxton would have reached out to Peyton? I don't think Peyton's reaching out to Drew. I, I, think, I give credit to Drew for reaching out to Peyton. Do you think Peyton would have you know, turned Paxton away? I, I think Peyton is connected with the Broncos, so I think that, that Peyton would do this for anyone. But like I said, it wouldn't be Peyton reaching out to Paxton or Peyton reaching out to Drew or Peyton reaching out to Trevor. It's Drew reaching out to Peyton. And right there, I, I love that. I absolutely love that because he has that resource available to him and he's using it. And guys, it's the best resource that you can have right now in this weird off season as well. And one thing that we know and that has really solidified this off season is Drew's work ethic. We, we know that that is not a question mark at all. And you have to have that. You have to be a tireless work ethic type of person in order to succeed in the NFL at the quarterback position. So that's one of the biggest things that we've really got to cement this offseason is Drew's work ethic is absolutely there, which is huge. Yeah, it, the work ethic's never been the question, and that, and and that's the thing. It doesn't surprise me that he's reaching out to Peyton Manning. Number one, of course, Drew and Peyton go back to Drew being at the Manning Passing Academy several years ago. So you know that's that's where the connection really began. It's a it's a good job that Drew uh, sought him out, and certainly uh, Peyton wants wanting the best for the Broncos in general. I think. Shoot, he would have taken Paxton Lynch's call if Paxton had called him five, four or five years ago. And I think he'll take a Peyton. He took a Drew Locke's call. The thing is, the issue for Drew has never been putting in the work. It's never been uh, the, the time that, that he puts in. It has been being able to take what he has learned and make sure that he's following it when he's at full speed. I mean, he's he he is teachable. And, and that's that's something that 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 you heard about at Mizzou. You've you've heard about here. He's teachable. That uh, he he'll listen. He's in he's involved in the classroom. He's not somebody who's sitting there goofing off. He puts in the time. But it's you know sometimes 
we all tend to revert to kind of what our human nature is when we're under duress. And it's going to be kind of almost kind of retraining his mind, retraining, retraining his instincts to where even though he knows what to do, he actually does it. And so I, I think it's great that he's doing it. I just don't know if this changes anything, at least for me. So I'm a, I want to circle back to the Paxton Lynch comments. Um, I think that it had Paxton Lynch, and, and I'm thinking like once it was known that Paxton Lynch was a lost cause. Um, I think that if Paxton Lynch had reached out, you know, going into what was it, year three? Was that the year that he was cut? Yep. Yes. And would have said to Peyton, hey, you know, do you have some time this offseason to work with me on my film study habits and all this? I think Peyton would have said like, hey, you know, uh, thanks for reaching out, Paxton. I'd love to hop on a call with you. Let's chat later this week. And I think he would have given him the bare minimum um, to, you know, not seem like a douche, for lack of a better term. Um, But Peyton, you know, hasn't – while Peyton is a good dude, no one has ever hailed him as, like, this saint. They're like, he, you know, he kind of has that – John Elway, like the, the thing that the greats have, which is like there's a he has a little bit of a hole in him. And so I just don't think he's just handing out his time for anyone who calls him. I think that he legitimately believes that there's still hope for Drew Locke to become a very good NFL quarterback, or I don't think he would be wasting his time with him. Okay, and, and I disagree. I think Peyton would would, would help any Bronco quarterback, especially a high-profile one like a first-round pick or like Drew Locke right now. But, guys, don't we all think that there's still hope for Drew? Uh, and that's what the Broncos really seem to be leaning in on right now because we know that the physical talent is there. Uh, and what, what does he need? Well, he just needs the mental side of the game. He needs to be able to go through his progressions quicker. He needs to be able to read defenses from at the line of scrimmage and once the play's developing. Well, who's the best in the world at that? It, it's Peyton Manning. And so I totally agree with, with what May said about, okay, can he take this stuff that he's learning from Peyton now in slow meetings where they're going, you know, halftime speed through this film? And can he take that and maybe watch enough or understand what Peyton Manning sees at the line as the play starts developing? And then can it click when it's, you know, 10 times faster in first person on the field? Guys, if he gets that, the Broncos don't we, we we shouldn't be talking about first round quarterback at all this year. We won't be talking about it next year either. Then he's going to be great because he's got the size, he's got the speed, he he's got the arm talent, uh, he's got the swag, he's got the leadership, he's got the work ethic, guys. He has everything. It's just it's this. And so what I do love is there's no better person to go to for Drew than Peyton Manning when it comes to Drew's biggest weakness right now. And I mean, if he can just be half of Peyton then uh, this year, then he's going to be that guy, at least for this year. And, and he's going to be able to build on that for the future. The thing is, I mean, with, with Peyton, he is of elite football mind. I mean, I, I, he's got a, a special kind of brain uh, that, that he possesses. And you look at over the years at when Peyton has had understudies under him going back to Indianapolis. And even he had Brock Osweiler uh, in the same room with him for four years. And, you know, there, there he is working every day, you know, working every day in the same room with Osweiler and Osweiler's uh, kind of there to, to, to ask him questions, to pepper him, to learn. And it didn't, it didn't all get there. And uh, that's the, the kind of the one thing that I have. It's sort of, uh, you, you see it sometimes with some uh, great players in, in any sport who 
become coaches. They can't quite, you know, make it translate. I mean, I, I remember Magic Johnson trying to coach the Lakers, uh, you know, nearly three decades ago, and uh, uh, he was only a few years retired and not being able to kind of to kind of get everything across because he just saw the game and felt it so differently than than anybody else. So, I mean, it's, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit skeptical about just how much Drew is going to be able uh, to take from Peyton because Peyton's kind of on another level from pretty much any quarterback I've ever seen when it comes to the mental side of it. I just realized that my dream content that I could create would be either playing Madden with Peyton Manning mm -hmm. or I'm playing Madden and Peyton Manning is helping me die. Like, I, like I want to come up to the line and he's like, oh, okay, that's cover too. So make sure you hot route the outside receiver to fade. <laughs> like I, I, that would be so incredible just to have Peyton Manning help me just school someone in Madden. Yeah, it'd be better to have Peyton on your side than yeah. Peyton going up against you, or well, he that, would diagnose exactly what it is. But I would love that too. Like, like we're playing against each other, and but he has to like tell me, you know, like he gets to the line, he's like, "Oh, okay, so I see what you're doing here. This is cover. <laughs> I see you're in cover four, and yeah. so I'm just gonna take the un like." I want it. so Patrick Smythe sometimes tunes into our uh, our show. If you're watching, please help me make that happen. <laughs> Maybe we can do it live on here. That would be some quality content. Or we just have Peyton go up against Drew and, and we stream it. Uh, that would probably end poorly. Um, <laughs> you think <laughs> Peyton ever plays do. Madden? Oh, see, yeah, how about so. this? I don't think Peyton has yeah, the I stick skills. How about this? I How agree. about Peyton not... against Paxton? That would be something. We know Paxton's pretty good at the video games. Yeah, he's more of a Fortnite guy, though. I mean, that's that, that requires a different skill set than playing Madden. So I don't. I'm sure he gets I his don't know about that. that. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about on this subject. I always like getting a hard, concrete answer on something. So scale of one to ten, ten being because of this. Uh, Drew Locke is going to be great this year. One being I could not care less about this. Where do you guys fall on the scale? I, I'm I'm at a three. Uh, and the reason that it's a three instead of just a one um, is that I really like that Drew's doing this. And I really like that he's he's putting the extra, extra work in because it's something to to be put, you know, on your iPad in the building this whole time. It that that's awesome. But then to be going the extra step of reaching out to Peyton is huge. So I'll go three for that reason. You took my my grade, Zach. So I'm I'm just gonna knock it down to and since I'm the negative guy in the room, and I'm gonna say two, <laughs> I'm gonna say two and a half. I mean, again. It's a, I'm encouraged that he's doing this, that, he, that he's taking the time uh, to reach out. It doesn't surprise me that he would uh, work. It's funny how some people you know, that they, they, they believe that Drew is another Paxton Lynch. He's not. Uh, putting the work in has never been the issue. For, for Drew Locke. I mean, he, he has put in the time. I mean, uh, he remember how he threw himself enthusiastically into the, uh, the VR stuff back in 2019 when he was recovering from the injury to, to give him a shot at uh, get, getting a leg up uh, and getting some decent work in while he was recovering from that. So Drew's always been willing to, to put in the, ec the extra time that it's going to take. It's just a, it's, you know, it, it doesn't change anything for me in terms of kind of, where I think the Broncos should go in the next couple of weeks at, at the quarterback position, but it, it's a positive. And, and look, if they, if the Broncos do draft a quarterback in round one, 
I actually like the idea of having that quarterback in with, with Drew Locke and having them compete. And if Drew is the guy and, and, and responds beautifully to the pressure, you trade the surplus and you move on. All right. Uh, we've got a two and a three. Um, two and a half. Go, uh, two and a half. Stack them together? Uh, no, uh, no, no, I'm not going to. Also, shout out to our friend Ben Albright in the comment section. He's, he's, uh, he said he, he would love uh, Peyton as my OC. Uh, but anyways. Well, wait, wait really quick, si- yeah. since you brought it up, and thanks for tuning in, Ben Ryan. You know how a, a lot of people, especially maybe two or three years ago, were saying, you know, do you think you can get Peyton uh, as yeah. your quarterback coach? Oh, well, and, and we thought that was the lowest you could go. I think we just figured out maybe the lowest you can go. You get Peyton as your offensive coordinator in Madden. I think there <laughs> we go. <laughs> he, can, he can be my defensive coordinator, too, for what it's worth. Um, although, you know I mean, I'll go I a step under- further. He can be my GM. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't oh, know. He, no, that's not as far as you can go, Zach. He can be my managing partner. He can own <laughs> the damn team. You know what? Yeah, he 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 doesn't even have that's to be a partner thinking. for me. He yeah, can just be yeah. my Madden team, and I'll happily watch him. There you go, Peyton. We're, we're trying to sell you here. Um, I guess I don't need him, though, because I am undefeated right now. Anyway. Oh, wow. wow. You anyway. just want to whip out the muscles right yeah, there? Show the flex? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with a four um, just because I, I'm with you, Zach, basically everything you said in terms of liking um, the fact that he's making this effort, reaching out, doing all the right things. And I also I'm adding one more little tick to the to the um, to the score there because I think it can legitimately help him. I think it really can uh, in terms of, you know, his on field abilities. OK, quick transition. Um, Mace, you had a friend of this program mm-hmm. on your program, James Palmer, uh, on your radio show, and he had a very interesting comment about the Broncos and the quarterback situation and the draft, uh, and I wanted to discuss that here, and I think we actually have uh, a little piece of the clip here, so let's play that. And, and what I've been told is, you know, I haven't been told that they love anybody just yet. Um, because if they did, I think they would have already made the attempt to move up. But I do think there might be somebody they like enough, and I do know there's someone, and I don't know who exactly that is, but I was told not everybody who's available to us is a fit, which means, and it's funny because everybody thinks about it this way, well, you're at the top of the draft, you need a quarterback, and there's five of them. Well, it doesn't mean you like all five. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't mean they all, all five fit you, and I think that's where people get lost in this to where, you know, only one of the five might fit what you want to do. And I think if the Broncos go out and, and don't land a quarterback in this draft, I think that's when people people do have to realize, well, maybe who they really, really liked is now. And you don't just settle with a pick that high for somebody that you don't think is a fit. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. Yes, there is a lot to unpack there. I want to start here because this is my main overarching take if the broncos are looking at this right now and they believe that the two quarterbacks that will be available are trey lance and justin fields and they with two weeks to go until the draft and they aren't in love with either of them there's it's over there's no time to fall you can't what are you going to fall in love with between now and then that you haven't fallen in love with now with that being said, I don't think it's just that simple. I don't think it's that simple as them looking and saying, well, it's Lancer Fields, we, and we don't love them, so why would we trade up? I think it's uh, 
we can't be a hundred percent sure of what's going to happen on in picks one, two, and three. So we can't be a hundred percent sure enough to trade up to number four. Mm. So I think if you're the Broncos, unless you get a call from Atlanta where they say, Hey, look, uh, I know you guys wanted to wait, but team X is ready to move up right now because they don't care if it's Lance Fields or Mac Jones, they want one of them. Um, well, then you have to start having the internal discussion of, are we going to do this right now or not? I think the, the ideal scenario for the Broncos is to say, they say, okay, well, after the third pick goes off the board, we're happy to make this move up if our guy, who is, let's say, Justin Fields, is there. So that's the only thing that gives me hesitation from just being like, if they're not in love, call it off. They're not drafting a quarterback in the first round. I don't think it's that simple. I think they need to see what happens first before they can just go gung-ho, trade what it would really take to move up from 9-4. to four. Ryan, you're 100% right about this. Now, the San Francisco 49ers were in a great spot because you know who's going one. You have a really good idea who's going two. And so for the 49ers to trade up to three, they said, we love Zach Wilson. Just just in case, you know, Justin Fields goes off the board. We love Justin Fields or, or they love Mac Jones or they love Trey Lance. They love one of those three guys. We know that. And then they also have to love Zach Wilson just in case the the Jets were to go crazy uh, and have kept Sam Darnold and gone a different direction, traded that pick or gone with someone else. But guys, how often do you enter a draft and it being a team and you're in love with four different quarterbacks? I find that really hard to believe that a team would be in love with four quarterbacks. So I completely agree with James Palmer. When I say I would take any of the top five quarterbacks, I know that's not how an NFL team is. That That's how I am, and I would do that, but I know most NFL teams aren't going to be in love with five guys. So, Ryan, the Broncos are at the point right now. They can't trade up to number one. They can't trade up to number two. They can't trade up to number three. So, number four, I really think that that's going to we're, – we're at the point where it's going to have to be a, a draft day trade for that to happen probably for any team right now, unless new England just gets absolutely crazy and says, we're just desperate for anyone. We need a warm body in here to, to be with cam Newton. So I think we are at the point where you, you passed up on your opportunity to get to three. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe the, the 49ers or the, uh, who traded with them at three that maybe the dolphins, dolphins only wanted to work with the 49ers. The Broncos never really had a shot. Uh, and from what I've heard guys, there's one guy that the Broncos are teetering on the edge of loving and they really, really like him. Uh, and so that that's in play. I mean, if that guy's there at four, you make that move a hundred percent, but you can't make that move now because what, why in the world is Kyle Shanahan doing what he's doing and messing with us all, but he's doing it. And that's throwing the Broncos for a curve. Give us and- the name, Zach, give us the name. <laughs> Okay, don't give us the name. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I mean that it's funny because you're trying to kind of put all the pieces together and you know basically uh once you get beyond the top 2 and let's you know you basically say Trevor and Zach and Zach Wilson they're off the board. That of the two that are left, they there are or the three that are left, two they at least really like and then one is just kind of off the board. And and that's where the 49ers are interesting because um, by make by picking a, one of the a, a certain quarterback, they may do the Broncos a favor. And another another favor that may come in is uh, you know we see 
the Dallas Cowboys saying, okay, you know, there are rumblings that Jerry Jones has a man crush on Kyle Pitts and wants to go up to number four and might be willing to give up an awful lot to do that. So what if all of a sudden maybe you could get a quarterback that you at least really like and you could do so at 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 five or six? Five is, is of course, the Cincinnati Bengals. The interesting thing about them in talking about a trade, what do the Bengals need? They need pass catchers and they need offensive linemen. They could easily go from five to nine and still get Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater at tackle in all likelihood. And the Broncos could put together an interesting deal with the Bengals because they could, in maybe in lieu of a draft pick to move as part of a package to move up, could offer one of the surplus wide receivers that they have. And so that might be a deal that could provide some mutual benefit. And then I saw a mock draft today. I think it was on the the draft network that had the Broncos going up to six with Miami. Miami just, you know, you know, they're going wow. you know up and down the dial. Basically they've gone, they went down then they went back up and, you know, Brian Flores and, and company are always interested in dealing, but obviously you start getting to pick five and six instead of four maybe then you're able to do it without having to give up a first round pick next year. And that's something that's in the, that's in the equation as well. Quite frankly, guys is it's not just about how much you, you like it. it is, is it worth us giving up a certain amount of draft capital? I think the Broncos would be very interested. George Payne be very interested in moving up. If he, if he could do some kind of deal that did not involve the first rounder in 22. Yeah, and uh, I just, I hate that because I hate if you love a guy or, you know, you really, really like a guy that you're going to gamble with that. I don't like it. But Mace, obviously, that's the dream scenario. The dream scenario is to have your guy. And Ryan, I'll answer your question. Uh, and I, the, the reason I hesitate was I haven't heard that sentence that I said with followed by this name, but everything else that, that I've heard behind the scenes points to this. Justin Fields is the guy. Uh, and so that's why, does Kyle Shanahan love Justin Fields? I mean, there's he's going to be at, or he was at his second pro day, going to be at his second pro day. Has that happened yet? Um, and like I said, he's just, Kyle Shanahan's messing with everyone right now. So if he's still on the board at four, which is a very much a possibility, guys, that is, is something where I'm going from everything I've heard, I'm going, holy cow, this is an opportunity for the Broncos to trade up to four. But you're right, Mace. It's going to cost at least a first-round pick. And mm-hmm. would the Dolphins move back with the six, and you don't have to go first? Ideal scenario. Now, the dream scenario is you just sit at nine and cross mm-hmm. your fingers that Justin Fields falls to you, like we've seen in a few mock drafts these past couple weeks. If you ha- if you are sitting there crossing your fingers, I don't like you don't love him enough. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like what we were going back and saying about Justin Simmons. You know, in the previous off seasons, it's like if you loved him you'd sign him up and you know, they went back and forth. And even the fact that they waited that long, I mean, and George Payton, maybe George Payton loves him. He's the only one in the building who can, you know, in, in the front office who can claim he loves him because he took care of him when the first opportunity he had the chance to. Um, but I don't even like what you said earlier about like teetering, like he's not playing any more games. Um, it, it, all that's between us and Justin Fields being drafted is time. Nothing will change between now and then. And that's what I don't like is the only thing that can change is you convincing yourself one way or the other. And no matter 
who you are, what you're doing, what decision you have to make, you can talk yourself into anything, right? You know, you can sit there and watch Drew Locke tape, Justin Fields tape, Drew Locke tape, Justin Fields tape over and over and over again. And eventually, whatever, you know, you want to see, you'll see it. And so I don't like I don't like the idea that it's taking this long. I do believe that you have to see what happens in the top three before you tr- uh, trade up to four. But I just want the Broncos, and, and maybe they're playing coy right now and saying, oh, we're not quite in love with anyone because they don't want you know, people to know that they are just waiting to see what happens at three to trade up. Um, that way someone else who maybe wants Justin Fields would jump them. There's all sorts of games that you can play now. But I like it's we- as weird as it is to say, I don't want them to draft a quarterback at nine because that tells me they didn't love him enough to move up or it tells me they had incredible intel on what was going to happen in the draft and – you know, uh, George Payton is a wizard, but I want you to look at a guy and say, I do not care what we have to give up. I need this guy in our facility as soon as I can possibly get him here because he is the quarterback of the future. Maybe the decision isn't about loving the quarterback. Maybe it is you're George Payton. You just took this job. And do you, how much draft capital do you want to sacrifice when, uh, kind of, where you just came from Minnesota and your instinct is, is more to trade down and accumulate extra capital. And uh, maybe you're thinking all, maybe you're thinking in terms of uh, next year as well saying, Hey, if we trade down, uh, even if we have a good season, maybe we can do what Buffalo did back in 2018 when they came off a nine and seven season and, and had that extra first round pick and they were able to move up and up and, take a pick from 21 and make it pick seven as a result of trades and and get Josh Allen. So I think it's a matter of kind of, you're looking at all the potential possibilities here and maybe trading up and sacrificing capital sort of goes against George Payton's instinct just a little bit, but you have, you're, you're sort of saying, okay, you're, you're weighing the pros and cons. Maybe you've sitting, you've got that whiteboard and it's got, you got the positives, you got the negatives. And then maybe it's, uh, maybe it's as simple as going down the hall and uh, talking with Pat Shula or Pat Shermer and Mike Shula once again, and uh, saying, Hey, what do you, you know, what do you really think of this? And um, what do you think this offense would be if it's quarterback X quarterback Y or quarterback Z that uh, you end up drafting. And, uh, and then, and then Peyton can go back and think about that. George Peyton's also probably thinking about the fact that even in the top 12 picks, you've got a 50, you've got only about a 50% chance of finding the long-term quarterback, the guy who's going to get that second deal. Of course, it's a lot better than your chances in the back half of the first round or into the second and third round, but still uh, you're like, okay, do I want to sacrifice that for one and two? Or do I think, I'd rather wait and see if a guy falls to nine and then and then pick him and then I'm not sacrificing the future first round pick and then I haven't given up too much if this guy isn't the guy. But that said, what I mentioned earlier is why Cincinnati, I think, at five is the team to watch, guys, uh, for, for the Broncos if they do move up. And San Francisco picking a certain quarterback may do the Broncos a favor and allow them to to to, to move up to Cincinnati because I think the Bengals will take that call. And I think the Broncos could put together a deal with the Bengals that doesn't completely shred them in terms of capital. Well, Mace, you make a great point about George Payton probably wanting to sit back this year and not make any huge moves, especially going against his DNA in terms of giving up draft capital yeah. instead of bringing draft capital in. But there are some times 
yes. when you have to do the the thing that you're not used to doing. Mm -hmm. And if you think that Justin Fields, and let's say he's there at four or five, and that's the guy that you really, really like, or maybe you fall in love with by then. If you think he's the guy, well, don't be afraid to make that just because it's your first year here. Don't expect this type of caliber of quarterback to just be there every single year for you, especially if you said, Mace, the Broncos, let, let's say they you know, are 15 next year, and we all think that they may be at 18 or 20 in terms of where they're picking next year. How difficult is it for New England to jump to four right now from, from being at 15? I think it's near impossible for them to do it, especially if the Broncos have any interest. So George also has to take that into consideration. And so I really hope that I know this isn't in his DNA, but I hope that he doesn't just say, okay, well, we can't do it because it's my first year here. And, you know, it goes against who I am. I really hope that's not the case. I hope it's they trade up because they love a guy or they say, we don't love any of these quarterbacks. So we're going to trade back, get capital, go with Drew, hope that him help working with Peyton helps him see him take that next step this year. And if not, well, then we got some more capital this year to move up. And we hope there's a guy there next year. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm I'm completely on board with that. And then I'm also on board with hanging on to Drew Locke. And then if that young guy isn't ready, think back to the Chargers, 2004. They had Drew Brees, and Brees' development had stalled kind of, and was kind of shaky, sort of like Drew Locke right now. And they draft Phillip Rivers. Brees, with that, con with that push from Rivers, starts becoming Drew Brees that year. And the Chargers go 12-4 and four and win the AFC West. So, you know... I, I think that'd be pretty cool. And 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 from a storyline perspective, guys, yeah, I, I don't think many people care about this, but we do for our work. How much fun would a Justin Fields, Drew Locke? Give it to me. Can't be. I mean, yeah, that'd I be mean, a blast like, to watch. <laughs> I would be living in a world that Justin Fields is, is being graded on a very sharp curve compared to Drew Locke uh, as, you know, the number four or five overall pick. Um, but it would be fun. I mean, it would definitely be fun. And, you know, there, except for like the stark divide and the fan base of toxicity that would probably come from that. But, you know, we've it's already, already it's already toxic. So, <laughs> you know, what, what can you do? Um, yeah. I, I, I think, Great points all around. And, I, you know, what I'll say is in the words of Pleasure Horse, Ooh. number four, we're still waiting for. <laughs> Very beautifully said, Ryan. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the live side of things. Uh, if you enjoyed this, hit it with a like. You can, of course, always subscribe to our channel here. Uh, and you can sign up for alerts every single time we go live. Uh, but for now on the live side, that wraps it up. If you want to stay with us as we continue the conversation, you can download the DNVR Broncos podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Just type in Broncos. We're the first one that comes up. Uh, and you can hear the rest of the conversation uh, with all of our members in the comments. So uh, we'll catch you guys over there. And just like that, we're rolling into the comment section. But first, before we do, got to tell you about our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Give them a visit at dnvrmortgage.com and you'll enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your mortgage and financing options with our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at dnvrmortgage.com. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. 
This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Micah Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. I want to also tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, of course, the official beer of DNVR. But our friends over at Breck Brewery, they're not just about beer anymore. They're about seltzers as well. The good company, hard seltzers, which you can buy at your local grocery store throughout the state of Colorado or, of course, uh, at Costco. You can get that 15-pack, which has all manner of flavors, apple, pear, cherry, peach, berry, and honeydew. So... Whatever you like in terms of flavored seltzer, it's probably going to be something that you're going to love over there in that 15-pack of Good Company Hard Seltzers. So go on over to the Breck Beer Locator and see where the closest place that sells those Breck Seltzers, those beautiful 15-packs is, and head on over and pick one up. We promise you they will not disappoint. If you're in the Denver area, of course, check out their restaurant over at their brewery down in Littleton called The Farmhouse. It's right off Santa Fe. Very convenient. You can't miss it. You can go on in and dine in, but if you just want to take out, no problem. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for a pickup order. Use that magical code DNVR and save $5 off your meal. They'll bring your order right out to your car for you, and guess what? If you want some Breck beers, you can get them right there. Of course, being at the brewery means you've got the full array of Breckenridge brews available to you at the farmhouse down in Littleton. Don't forget about the 15-can sampler of Breckenridge brews. Of course, you've got the 15-can sampler of the Good Company Hard Seltzers, but the flagship is a 15-can sampler of Breckenridge beer. You can find that in a lot of places, or you can order it through Drizzly and get it delivered right to you. And of course, wherever you are in the country, check out the Breck Beer Locator, Odds are you're going to find that you're not too far away from someplace selling those delicious Breckenridge brews, and you can get a taste of Colorado, whether you're in upstate New York, western Pennsylvania, central Florida, Wisconsin, wherever you are, you're probably not going to be too far away from someplace selling those Breckenridge brews. So check out the Breck Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. Breckenridge Brewery is, of course, the official beer of BNBR. And speaking of the official DNVR, got to tell you about DNVR. And we want you to become part of our family over at DNVR. And your support means a ton, not just for this podcast, but for, for everyone here and for Mason and I specifically and Ryan as well. And there are some benefits, a lot of benefits of becoming a member with us over at the DNVR.com. Not only do you get to support our podcast, but you get to leave your own comments on our podcast, which are read every single day on the pod. You get access to a members-only Discord where you get to talk to the entire DNVR family about anything you want. You get to read all of our content, not just Broncos, but everything we have to offer. You get a free DNVR shirt with your annual membership. You get the DNVR Locker Weekly member deal. You get a big beer for the price of a small beer over at the DNVR bar. You get a chance to hop on the Red Zone with us and any other live streams and podcasts we do. And for the next few people who sign up, you'll get a free recovery holistic stick from Holistic Wellness. Our friends over at holisticwellness.com are leading the CBD game, and they're giving you a chance to get a free recovery stick 
from Holistic Wellness, and that packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. And once you get that, by joining VDNVR.com, they're offering you 30% off over at holisticwellness.com by using that magical code DNVR30. So make sure to check them out over at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. And make sure to join our family. And when you do, please say hello. And how you do that, go to thednvr.com at the podcast tab, click on podcast, click on Broncos, click on the most recent pod, scroll down and the comment section will magically appear. Leave your comment there and say hello, introduce yourself, tell us what your favorite cereal is, if a straw has one or two holes. And Mace, let's talk to the people now coming in for the first one from Threat Level Midnight. He says, this is from Thursday's pod. Sometimes I really don't understand the logic and reasoning on this pod, specifically from Zach. All year, you talk about continuity, continuity, continuity. And once the draft rolls around, you're ready to pull the plug on lock and start over. Alex Smith is not the answer to winning this season, and he's entirely washed up at this point. How will the Broncos ever find out if a young quarterback pans out if you continue to quit on him, even after seeing the incredible flashes toward the end of the year? I also wholeheartedly disagree with the comment that Locke would lose out to Fields or any rookie. None of those quarterbacks have taken a single snap in the NFL, whereas Locke can prove that he can win. The worst case scenario is that Locke is terrible this year. We get a high draft pick next year and do what May said. Trade for a high caliber quarterback or draft one and begin again. He ends with one word, continuity. Actually, the worst case scenario is that Locke is terrible, but the rest of the team is good enough to where they win, say, seven or eight games. They miss the playoffs, but they're picking like 15th. Yeah, that's the that is the worst case scenario that purgatory is the worst case scenario. Uh, then any scenario in which the Broncos make the playoffs, even if Drew Locke struggles, isn't bad because right. at least you've you've established uh, you've or I should say you've started reestablishing a successful culture around here. Think of it like Buffalo going nine and seven in 2017 after missing the playoffs for 17 seasons. Uh, that would, even though they turned around and moved up in the draft to take Josh Allen and step back record wise, the following year, that was still an important season in reestablishing the culture of the bills uh, as something defined by success rather than defined by generations of failure. So that is so. I'll I'll disagree with that. Uh, with that, even though I think uh, you make you make some interesting points. Threat level midnight, but I also think this that um, if you're at a point where you've got a good idea that someone isn't the guy, mm-hmm. then what what is continuity? That you're also uh, basically you're talking about sunk cost as as well. And uh, as I'm going to point out. Um, in a piece uh, later on this week, Drew Locke, I mean, if, if you just take a, a hard look at what he has done relative to second year quarter, other second year quarterbacks, relative to other guys after 18 games, and you take the, the numbers and then you adjust for the era, he's, he's in a territory where almost everybody didn't pan out. And I just don't feel comfortable having all the eggs in his basket. I think at minimum for this year, you need a hedge. And as we discussed earlier, it, 
it might be the time. I was having a conversation this weekend um, with someone who's uh, who's closely connected to the, to the Broncos, and um, we kind of agreed now is now might be the time to do, to pull the trigger on this and and either move up and get a quarterback or stand pat and get a quarterback at nine, just because of where you sit in the draft and where this team is going overall. Yeah, it's a really good point. And uh, since you came after me, threat level midnight, I, I totally see where you're coming from about the continuity. Mm-hmm. It's just what Mace has said. And, and I listened to Mace this offseason when he just said how dangerous the company is that Drew is in right now and surrounded by in terms of these guys don't make it out except for Josh Allen. And we know Josh Allen uh, right. has something else going for him that Drew hasn't shown. And, and it's the dynamic running ability that Josh Allen has and that he had. What's important is Josh Allen didn't just become a runner this past year when he was on his MVP campaign. He had that running ability and was showing that and producing at seven yards per carry and scoring like 10 touchdowns uh, with his legs when he was a rookie during his second year as well. That really helped him. We haven't seen that from Drew yet. Doesn't mean he can't develop into a quarterback it just points to if you're at nine and you have an opportunity to get a good quarterback that's hard to pass up I do think Alex Smith would beat out Drew Locke I'm not saying that's the best thing for this team long term certainly not I just think that's what would happen Uh, and you mentioned something interesting you say the incredible flashes that we saw out of Drew Locke toward the end of the season and I think okay what incredible flashes are you talking about you're talking about Carolina Panthers game when Drew had four touchdowns no interceptions it was the fourth to last game that really helped him go seven touchdowns to two interceptions to end the season on those last four games. That incredible flash against Carolina was exactly what you're saying. It was an incredible flash, but don't get it mistaken for it being incredible flash after incredible flash after incredible flash. The final three games, Drew Locke had three touchdowns, two interceptions. Mace, over a 16 game season, that's, you know, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's not incredible. That, that's not even two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. That That's below average, and that's not what the Broncos need. So you do put it with the four-touchdown game, and you say, okay, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. I think the seven-to-two got blown out of proportion a little bit because of just how incredible that flash was against Carolina, and I'm not taking that away from him. But you know who else had an incredible flash, Mace? Matt Flynn had an incredible flash in one mm-hmm. game when he was with the Packers, and that got him a huge contract. I just don't want the Broncos to get – uh, you know, so nearsighted by viewing four touchdowns, no interceptions, seven touchdowns, two interceptions in the final four games to say, we can't look at anyone else. We, we can't look at a quarterback in the first round. I understand that Drew may be the quarterback this year, and you really hope that everything he's doing is going to help him. I just don't think you can put blinders on from the way he finished the season. Yeah. And he, I think everything you said is, is on point. And if the, if the peak isn't that great and he can't raise the level of the valleys, I mean, uh, what are you clinging to here? If Drew Locke is the quarterback, if he ends up winning the job, do I think he'll get better? Yes. But we're right. talking about getting better from a bottom five level. Um, better is being a lower mid-tier guy where he's, he's capable, but he's not somebody that uh, you're putting your long-term hopes in and perhaps, and certainly not somebody that you're going to give up a contract extension to, and that kind of keeps you in that, in that purgatory. And uh, this may be, look, this may be the moment to get a top 10 guy. It's just, it's, and it may not be fair. Hey, was it fair to Peyton Manning that uh, the year he got hurt in 2011, the following year, Andrew Luck was a generational quarterback at the top of the draft. Probably not. If, if, if it had been the following year and the best draft 
prospect was Eric Fisher. And the quarterback class that in 2013 was, you know, EJ, Man- EJ Manuel <laughs> and you right. know, a lot of, and, and Geno Smith and a lot of, you know, who's that's and uh, never, never will be's. And, you know, in that case, if Manning had, if, if that 2013 class had been the class in 2012, Peyton Manning would never have come to the Broncos. The point is yeah. this year, you're sitting there with a top 10 pick and, and, and it's a quarterback rich draft. Yeah, we are. We already know. Yeah. And and that's why one of the conversations I had this weekend was, you know, the the phrase that kept coming up is the time very well could be now. Mm, mm, That makes a lot of sense, Mason. And and really quick, one thing that I also love is threat level midnight. I love you. you Yes, on here. I agree. You know, I disagree with you. guys. I absolutely love that. So thank you so much for, for bringing that here, showing us the opposite side, because uh, there still are upsides to Drew, of course, of course. So thank you for that. Yeah, and I like the fact that we can disagree and be and be cool about it, be cordial about it. And exactly because it's getting pretty toxic out there in uh, Broncos Twitter. Yeah. And that's what I love about this space, Mason. Is it, yeah. and you and I can disagree. I know, and like we said, you know, anything when the mics are on goes, but. We don't hold it personal against each other. And also, I mean, typically it doesn't get actually heated. Right. When it does it, it can get spicy and fun. Vaughn Miller? (laughs) Now now you're kind of on my side. So I know, I know, I know. (laughs) I've had evolution in in my viewpoint over time, but uh, we we digress. Count Locula, a letter from the Count to Bumpy Buffalo and the DNVRians. Dear comrades, despite my penchant and adoration for obscure Broncos minutia, my decades spent in fully engaged in all aspects of the wine business, as well as other extracurricular activities, leaves my ability to quickly recall those memories a little tarnished. The power trio would smite me instantly in the red zone challenge. What little credibility I have left would be forever sullied. I appreciate the suggestion, but must wait silently in the wings until there is a roundtable segment or a member's draft game wherein I can use my cunning, not speed, to challenge our iconic commanders. In the meantime, I will be tending to my tantalizing takes and waiting a proper venue for my villainy. P.S. Am I the lone lover of anchovy sandwiches? Love the count. I think this is the fast. This is a roundabout way of saying the count will not be in the red zone <laughs> against the three of us. <laughs> yeah, that was a very, very, very yes. articulate way of saying uh, uh, no thanks to the red zone. And even though I, I think he's, uh, you know, self-deprecating himself, I think he would smash me and Ryan. And then uh, I, what I want to see, Count, is maybe this game you're talking about, it can be, it can be a slow game. I just want to see the Count and Mace go up against each other. I think it'd be incredible. We'll, we'll look at maybe what you do is you give us a, a photo and say, okay, like, what year was this taken because oh, yeah. this this weekend seeing a photo of john elway and dan reeves and i'm like oh yeah that's a superdome that's 1988 that's when the broncos lost 42 nothing it was basically the beginning <laughs> wow. of the end for joe collier's defensive coordinator <laughs> wow wow and we know oh. the count on twitter is uh, great with pictures he's always throwing some fun ones out there indeed he is indeed next he one is. coming in from casper fellas the Broncos on paper appear to be a quarterback away from competing. How true is that? They may have 22 starters, but are there 31 other guys on the active roster good enough to win the division, even with the top quarterback? How say you? Okay, I give a response there on uh, that I wrote out in the comment section. Sometimes I like to just respond right then and there, but just for the heck of it. But win the division, I'm not sure because the Chiefs are awfully good. But uh, if you gave a top quarterback, to this roster as it's constructed right now, Zach, 
they win 12 or 13 games. Ooh, and what are we talking top quarterback? What like uh, top, top 10. Five? Top 10. So I, elite Ooh. to very good. So I'd basically say, uh, you know, I, the elite ones, you obviously know, you know, right. Russell Wilson, Mahomes. We're talking Dak Prescott, kind of. We're talking Dak Prescott. We're talking what Justin Herbert looked, appeared right. to look like last year. Right. Um, we're talking good, you know, we're talking good Matt Ryan, like, Right. Matt Ryan, I think, is going to have a good season this year working under Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Maybe not quite at his Kyle Shanahan level in 2016, but maybe just a notch below. Yeah. That that type of quarterback play would be 12 or 13 wins for the Broncos. Whew, holy cow, Mace, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't. Oh. I, I don't. And that's why we say if the Broncos get average quarterback play, they're a playoff team. So what happens if it is top 10? If it's number seven? Or six, yeah, they're going to be very, very good. And maybe, to be realistic, maybe this year, when we say competing, we mean competing uh, in, in the playoffs. We don't mean competing for a Super Bowl because it's they're likely not going to get, you know, the seventh-best quarterback play from a rookie or from Drew. Um, but when we say competing this year, if they get average quarterback play, we're talking about legitimately double-digit mm-hmm. wins in, in the playoff berth right now. You talk about borderline top-five quarterback play. Look, this is an elite defense with elite potential weapons on the offensive side. What more could you want if, if you pair that with a great quarterback? Yeah. Do you remember what the Jets were in 2009-2010 uh, in when – Sanchez? Yeah, and no one would have confused the Sanchez with a good quarterback, right? Right. But they had he was like a great game manager, right? He was a game game manager. Yeah, he was a game manager, but they had an outstanding defense, and they went nine and seven one year. They went eleven and five the next year, and they played for the AFC title both times. Yep, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, they, and because one thing that is interesting to look at with this Bronco team, if it can get just average quarterback play, if that defense is what you expect it to be, there's an old cliche that says in January, defense travels. As in, if you're going to go on the road and pull off some upsets, the way you do it is by having an outstanding defense. You know, the Jets were able to, to, to pick off some teams on the road those two years when they when Rex Ryan had the great defense. And then you had Matt San, or Mark Sanchez. You remember the Ravens when they, you know, uh, the, the Ravens had the habit of winning playoff games on the road for a while. Defense was a big part of that. You could say defense was a big part of the Ravens winning at Tennessee this past January as well. Defense travels. A a really good defense in January is going to allow you to be more than maybe your seeding, your record dictates that you would have been otherwise. Yeah, you're exactly right, Mace. Next one coming in from Gun Gun 1989. My most gracious podcast hosts. Some of you may remember my son, Gavin, getting shout outs on this very pod about his golfing prowess. He has branched out into the world of NFL flag football. And today, I must announce that he was recently drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. Devastating. (laughs) This Sunday, April 11th, marks his first game against the Atlanta Falcons. I must also confess that I'm now the assistant coach. To avoid full and total betrayal, I have ordered the DNVR gray flag t-shirt to wear at practices and on game days. We may be rooting for the 10 to 12-year-old Raiders to win through May, 
but we are still we still bleed orange and blue. Thank you for our understanding and go Broncos. Signed Gunner Kane, not a total traitor. And then he updates us because the game was yesterday and said the Raiders lost. Also, I'm now the defensive coordinator. This is my life now. And he says he used the wrong where in his previous comment and says obviously the situation is taking a toll on me again. Oh, go well. Broncos. Oh, I love to hear it. Gun, I'm 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 sorry that. Uh, that you and Gavin took the L, but, uh, you know, send us a picture of you donning that, uh, the, the black and silver. I'll tell you what, Gunner, though, this is the thing I'd be concerned about. There are some team, there are some kids who grow up to like a team because they played for that team when they were in little league or flag football or whatever, like, Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a Phillies fan because I played for the Phillies in little league. So it's mm, a good you point. Gotta, yeah. It's you a got scary some work point. to do. <laughs> yeah I, I i'm just I, i'm not trying to scare anybody i'm just saying <laughs> you're gonna have to be on your p's and q's and you know what maybe a good Broncos season will help out your cause yeah making sure your young lad is a denver broncos fan going forward and doesn't <laughs> fall victim to uh the silver and black want to tell you about our friends over at strava craft coffee we know how much you know how much we love you but uh You've been letting us down lately. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. Our longest and most loyal partner date, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. So we need to change that. And so here's what they're doing to change that. They're offering a new code to everyone, and that is DNVR25. You probably have heard us talk about DNVR20 for 20% off some of that delicious Strava Craft Coffee infused with CBD. Well, now it's DNVR25. And of course, that's 25% off of Strava Craft Coffee. You can get it in espresso cup pods. You can get it in K-cups. You can get it, you know, whole bean, ground, whatever is your preference in terms of coffee. And being infused with CBD means that it helps with so many ailments. Chronic headaches, for example, got on a CBD regimen and those things largely stopped. And so that's the kind of impact that CBD can have on you if you got some aches and pains that you're dealing, dealing with. And Strava Craft Coffee is, of course, infused with, with CBD. Check out their reviews and you'll be blown away with, about, with people's stories about how Strava helped them. And if you want more than just the one-time discount, subscribe. Get 20% off every purchase for life. And if you subscribe, that means you can get that coffee every two, four, six, eight weeks. However often you, you feel like you need it, it'll come to your door. No muss, no fuss. Get on with your life. So check out Strava Craft Coffee, that CBD-infused coffee. You've heard us extol the virtues of, of, of CBD. And if you're going to give CBD products a try, Strava Craft Coffee is a great way to do it. We know how much most of y'all love coffee and this is going to make you feel better. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. And remember that magical code DNVR25 for 25% off. And if you just want to try it once and you're in the Denver area, go try it at the DNVR bar. We've got the cold brew on tap. Or check out Carbon Cafe and Bar Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, Max Market, and more. And guess what? They're going to have some of that Strava Craft Coffee on hand and you can give it a shot. Strava Craft Coffee. And remember, 25% off with that magical code, magical code DNVR25 or subscribing at 20% of every order for life. When you manscape, what do you reach for? If you're not reaching for a manscaped product while you're manscaping, then what are you doing? I mean, it has, they, they are the name of what you're doing, which means they are the best at it. And from personal experience, I can tell you, they certainly 
are the best at it. And here's the way to go. If you don't own a Manscaped product yet, well, go to manscaped.com, order the perfect package, which will get you set up. The perfect package 3.0 gets you set up because it gets you that wonderful lawnmower 3.0, which is, of course, their trimmer that can do it all. And it can do it anywhere. It, it, it plugs in, but then you can use it wherever you want because it unplugs. It's wireless. Uh, it has an LED light. So if you want to shave in the dark, you can. If you want to shave those tough spots to see, you can. The LED light illuminates everything going on below the belt. And if you want to shave in the shower because you don't want any mess, well, boom, it's waterproof. So there you go. And it has advanced skin safe technology to make sure that you're not going to get any cuts or nicks. And the Perfect Package 3.0 comes with so many other things as well, uh, including every single deodorant you can need and some mats to make it. So if you don't want to shave in the shower, everything is clean. You get it all over at Manscaped. So make sure to check them out over at manscaped.com and use the code DNVR to get 20% off and free shipping. So if you Manscaped with something that does not say Manscaped, you're doing it all wrong. Head to manscaped.com. Use code DNVR for 20% off and free shipping. Also want to check out Hassle Cattle Company, which is going to give you that hassle-free meat life because they're going to deliver to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Let me tell you about Hassle. It's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the country straight to your door, and they call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company will offer you Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Franks with no fillers, by the way, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spice. Their hamburger, One Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love the beef, the country loves their beef. And here's how they do it. They take their registered bulls, breed them with Angus cows, which gives you that very high prime Wagyu product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So go on over to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com and use that magical promo code DMVR10 for 10% off your order. And if you get to $200, you're going to get free shipping. So you know what? You've got room in your freezer. Get a little, get a couple of extra steaks, get some more ground beef, get some hamburger patties, whatever it takes. And then you're sitting there and you think i don't have anything to eat for dinner tonight then you're going to realize that you got some extra beef from hassle cattle company in your freezer and you're not going to have to worry about it you can slap it on the grill and you're good to go so make sure you use that magical code dmvr10 for 10 percent off your order and if you get to 200 you're going to get free shipping so check out our friends over at hasslecattlecompany.com h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com Beautiful, Mace. All right, let's talk to the people again. Back in the comment section, next one coming in from Windy City Bronco. I was playing around with the PFF draft simulator. Look what you did, Mace. It may not Sorry. be that real. <laughs> it may not be that realistic, but it is mighty comforting that the Broncos always wind up with the quarterback. Stay at nine, and I either get Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Trade up with Atlanta, and I get to choose either Trey Lance or Mac Jones. If that's how the draft goes, sign me up and mace i think you're absolutely right anyone talk about a draft simulator that's an automatic drink yeah but here's the thing about that i was having fun with it and i think i broke <laughs> it like for example i got i was i i traded my entire draft for the number one pick but the interesting thing about that zach is 
I, I, I goofed around with it. I said, okay, what if I take her or my, I traded three years of drafts, number one overall pick. So I said, okay, what if I take off a single seventh round pick from my three years of draft for number one overall? And if I removed a single seventh round pick, the Jaguars said, nope, we don't want it. So literally there's something <laughs> in the algorithm that says the Jaguars will only trade out to the team at number nine if they give three years of drafts. I got three years of drafts from the Houston Texans for the ninth pick, and then they picked a tackle for Sean Slater. <laughs> Now, the, the way it works, by the way, is when you go on the clock on this simulator, it'll tell you that you have teams interested in the pick. And so then you kind of give them an offering. You see if they, if they take it or not. So other unrealistic things. I did a series of trade downs and at the I believe it picks 28 and 29. I got J.C. Horn and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora. I mean, that's not happening. I kept getting Jameen Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, in the fourth round. That's not happening. Yeah, he may be a first-round guy. Yes. So uh, it's fun, but it's not realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it is fun, just like you said, Mace. Speaking of fun, let's jump into this next one coming in from Ozzy Wants the Stash. It's not tailgating without some smoked beef ribs. Tailgating begins with meat. Mace should have won. Well, Mace did win. Didn't you yeah. win by 1%, Mace? We, we don't have to say I, that second, though. I came back at the end, like, with an hour yeah. to go, I was within one percentage point. And so I retweeted. I'm like, okay, it's down to the wire. And I <laughs> just eked it out. I had noticed that over the course of Friday, I was getting better. I was creeping closer and closer and closer as people recognize the wisdom of my deep draft, getting a pulled pork sandwich in the second round, uh, a burger being a good standby. And if, you know, so. Yeah. And yeah. of course you, you got the value, the, the best value pick coming in with baked beans at the end. Yeah. Although I, someone did say, yeah, if you eat baked beans, that means uh, you're farting during the game, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's it's open air. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of uh, sights, sounds, and smells on a on game wow. day. Wow. Probably no social distancing this year, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he goes on and says, "Big T, we all have opinions on the quarterback class, but your dismissal of Lance and Wilson as they aren't in power conferences and a lack of stats and only opinion is going to make people skeptical. You have to watch full games and not highlights to know the player." Okay. To today's Broncos question. I see Atlanta at four and Detroit at seven, most likely to trade down. Which would your choice to do? Which would be your choice to do? Pay more, but make sure you get your guy by moving to four or sweat it out, but save capital by moving up to seven. To move to four probably costs 40 and maybe a day three pick. I th- I disagree with the odds he wants to stash. I think you also got to throw a first round pick in there. And to move mm-hmm. to seven, he says, probably costs around three this year or around two next year. What do you guys do? He says, I'd go to four to give the option of fields or lances our day two and our day three picks are depth and not for starters. Well, Ozzy, I got to turn it to you and say, would you still go to four knowing that you're going to have to give up a first round pick to me? When you throw out this situation, you go to four and just make sure that you get your guy, even though you're going to have to give up more. Yeah. And, uh, I agree. If you really, if you decided that, uh, this, the, if it's Justin Fields or you're fine with Trey Lance, I think you just go ahead and move up to four. Um, I do, again, though, kind of like I mentioned earlier, I think the spot to watch is going to be number five. And, and that's where you may be able to move up a decent amount of picks and not sacrifice a first rounder because you might be able to have some kind of player substitute 
that knocks the future first round pick that you would surrender down to say a second round pick. And, mm, and, right. and you don't, and you don't allow the Bengals to fill an awful lot of, of needs because receiver and tackle are kind of are neck and neck in terms of what the Bengals can do and should do. They could trade down. Maybe you sur- surrender an excess wide receiver and you allow the Bengals to take care of both. And maybe you get away with uh, making that kind of deal without having to give up your first rounder next year. And I think that is actually something that is being discussed in that is that the Broncos really, and George Payton really don't want to surrender that first round pick in 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. So figuring out ways that they don't have to, and they, like we said, Mace, this roster has a lot of talent, so they could pick from there instead of draft picks. Next one coming in from maybe the dingo, H.O. Baby says, so has Juwan James retired yet? Brutal. I'm going to ask this question a lot because I think he's more of a myth, mythical figure or an idea rather than a player on the Broncos roster. But anyway, I don't really follow other team teams, news and rumors like I used to. The injection of politics into organizations like the MLB, NBA and NFL are slowly killing my enthusiasm for those entities and will likely have that effect into the next generation of my family as erosion often does. Here's my multi question. Are there any NFL whispers of teams like the Patriots or other quarterback thirsty teams jumping into the top eight to get ahead of the Broncos? Is panic a real possibility in Peyton's first draft? And if so, Mace keeps saying Peyton's a builder through the draft. Do you actually think he's going to dig himself a hole in this first draft trying to move down five spots? Yeah, and that's why I think uh, I think it's intri- I think the Bengals at number five are intriguing because you might be able to get away with moving up without uh, without really hurting your roster or hurting your uh, draft capital cons- capital considerably. Um, a team that might jump ahead of the Broncos. I know we've mentioned New England a lot on this podcast today. Keep your eye on Washington and Washington maybe acting in a little bit of a desperate manner. Uh, to, to move up and being able to sacrifice a lot of future capital, which is what it would take to go from pick 19 to pick six, pick seven, pick five. Um, you know, that's an organization that from the top down has uh, not always been the smartest. Now, that being said, um, you, you don't, you know, you have uh, Marty Herney and Ron Rivera in charge over there. They know what they're doing, but Marty Herney, the G, who is uh, now uh, heading up their personnel, of course, he was in Carolina. Herney comes from the school of being willing to sacrifice an awful lot in the future for something right now. Um, in 09, for example, he gave up a first round pick in 2010 for a second round pick that year. Um, he's a disciple of Bobby Beathard, who used to make very similar picks back in the 1980s when he was the general manager of Washington. So, I'd keep my eyes on them, even though uh, it's you don't have Dan Snyder making the call. You have good football people making the call. Herney is, some, Herney is somebody who is uh, willing to sacrifice ca- future capital for what he wants right now. And so I could see Washington jumping the Broncos. Keep your eye on them. Man, they'd have to give a ton to do it. Yeah. But with Ryan Fitzpatrick there, they, they may be looking to do that. Next one coming in from Von Iber. The more, the more I think about it, the more I feel like we have to draft our quarterback this year. 
if we think about it, it's kind of similar to the situation the Jets found themselves in and where they decided that instead of staying the course of Sam Darnold, they decided that it was more prudent for them to reset financially by starting over at quarterback and not having to worry about that looming quarterback contract. I believe firmly that we would be clearly benefit massively from taking the same approach. So if we were evaluating the quarterbacks and believe that either Lance or Fields is a better prospect than Locke, then we simply have to take the chance right now. If we do, then the looming quarterback contract becomes a non-issue for the time being. But most of all, we actually get con or concentrate on re-signing the guys from the awesome draft classes that we all believe we have the last few years. Sutton, Chubb, Fint, Reisner possible Vaughn extension, Alexander Johnson, and keep Kyle Fuller around maybe? All of these become eminently possible with a quarterback on a rookie contract, and we actually get to see a sick homegrown team grow together. One last thing that bothers me is the idea that trading back in the first year uh, and picking up a first for next year in order to use on Sam Howell or insert a quarterback here is that that is massively presumptuous and honestly, highly unrealistic. I mean, even with the first two round picks, the likelihood is that they'd both be mid to late round one picks. Not exactly easy to get a super high pick with two mid round picks. Also, for a start, Philly is likely to have three round ones next year. And that's not even counting the teams that will actually earn the one, two or three pick, etc. The likes of Houston, Chicago, Vegas, Washington, Carolina, Indy, Atlanta, New York Giants, would all be in the market for a quarterback next year and they pick ahead of us likely. I think that all of that to be said, don't overthink this. If Lancer Fields are there for move heaven and earth to pick one of them because next year likely won't have this talent and the time is perfect now for us to get our guy to keep the team together and become dominant. Cheers, guys. I think it's a great point, Von Iber. It's something Mason and I have hit on. You just, you just really dug into it. Yeah. The time is now. I think uh, you you rattled off all those teams that are looking at quarterbacks, and um, you know, it's funny. Like you mentioned, uh, like one of the teams you put in there was the Giants, and uh, yeah, they just picked Daniel Jones. But Jones is in, is in his make or break year this year, going into year three. So the line will start getting long, and you have that season where you finish nine and eight or eight and nine, and you're picking about seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, something like that. Even if you have traded down this year, it's still going to be uh, tough to move up, especially if a lot of those teams are in the market. So, I mean, is it fair to Drew Locke? That's another debate entirely, but you have to think in terms of the whole team, where it's going, rather than just about one guy. Exactly. Next one from our guy, Pick Tosser 66. The three rings, the three ring circus had me fantasizing about the next time I get to hit a tailgate on game day. Well done, fellas. I could smell the food cooking in the parking lot listening to you guys draft. Cannot wait. We can't wait either, Pig Tosser. If they don't go quarterback, who's the player you'd want them to draft at this moment? Okay, Mace, no quarterback. Who's the guy you want them to draft right now? It's not a guy. I want him to trade down. No, oh, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mace, I, I never thought I'd say this. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, I want them uh, to trade uh, down uh. and get a first-round pick. So as far back as they need to in order to get a first-round pick next year. Yeah, and, and I just – it's it's not that there isn't quality there. I mean, you could look at offensive tackle. If Panay Sewell was there at nine, I think you'd think long and hard about it. But I think building capital for 2022 is the way to go if they're not going quarterback this year. And uh, and, and that's okay. And uh, And maybe you add – an extra day two pick perhaps this year is part of it, but I think the goal should be to get more picks next year. And uh, 
and, and take advantage of the fact that picks in the following year are never valued to the degree of picks right then and there where everyone's kind of always in the here and now. So use that. And, you know, when I was, when I was futzing around with the uh, mock draft simulator, that was something I kept doing an awful lot. And I, I, I did it to a ridiculous extent, but uh, <laughs> if you can't get the quarterback, I think that's the play. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. All right, Mace, next one coming in from LDJ. Well, three rings was awesome. I never know who you guys are going to have on next. I keep crossing my fingers for Steve Atwater, Albright, and my favorite sports analyst right now, Akib Tlaib. NFL Network needs to make a move and sign Akib. He is the perfect replacement for Deion Sanders, just perfect. Well, stay tuned for this Friday. We got a fun one coming up again. He says, anywho, Instead of studying players in fits this weekend, I've been studying George Payton and his track record, and I keep coming back to the months of draft and develop. Guys, my gut tells me Payton and the Broncos are 1,000% giving Drew another shot to see if he develops. I also think we're not high on first-round linebacker. I agree with you. If Fangio believes in Stranod, then they want to develop him. However, I do believe in Peyton's BPA. So with that said, I think if Fields falls to nine, we take him or Pitts, we take him. Other, other than those two guys at nine, I think we're trading down. I just don't see us trading up or staying at nine for anyone else. What do you think? I'm kind of right there with you, except I do think there may be a little more than, than you lead to believe about the Broncos being interested in a quarterback. But outside a quarterback, just like Mason, I said, trade down definitely seems like the possibility. Yeah, I think uh, a little more to the quarterback, and I think it's – um. You mentioned the name Justin Fields, but I think I'd also throw the name Trey Lance in there too. Mm, yeah, 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 I, I agree. Next one coming in from Vivid Swing. Boys, it's good to be back in the comment section. Glad to have you. Since I finally caught, caught back up with the pods, I'd, be, I'd been lagging a few days behind since before Christmas. And right when I caught up in late February, my fiance and I welcomed the newest member of Broncos country into the world. So I fell behind. Well, congratulations to you and your wife, Vivid Swing. He says, but for now, a Broncos question. Do we really need to spend a first round pick next year to trade up with the Falcons at four? According to the value chart, a pro football reference, number nine and 40 should be enough to cover the value of the top Falcons top pick. I know you pay extra in moving up for a quarterback and I'm all for giving an extra first round pick if that's what the Falcons want, but do they really expect to be able to get that from the Broncos? I'm thinking maybe nine 40 and a second rounder next year would be sufficient. Does this open the possibility that maybe the Falcons want to trade further down the nine if they don't think they can get a first round pick from the Broncos? Just a thought. Well, I think you kind of you, you answered your own question there that you're going to have to pay a premium. And would the Falcons be OK with that premium being two second round picks instead of a first man? If I'm George Payton, I'm doing that all day long, giving two second round picks instead of a first or are the Falcons going to say we demand a first. It just depends, really vivid swing one how much the falcons are willing to move back and two if there's any competition or if it's just the broncos trying to move up yeah competition has a way of driving the prices price up and uh, uh there are rumblings that even though they're not looking for a quarterback that uh, dallas be interested in moving up to four um from number 10 of course so they, they might be motivated supposedly jerry jones really loves kyle pitts there so competition drives that price up but also, like I've mentioned, yeah, the QB premium, I, I, because, because of that, I really don't think uh, a second rounder is going to be enough 
uh, to get to number four. I think uh, the, the Falcons have a lot of suitors, and I think they also really like the possibilities there at number four as well and are willing to stand pat and make a pick there. Yeah, I agree, Mace. And uh, we didn't get to all of the questions today. So if you just want to drop your question in today's podcast and we'll read tomorrow, we will absolutely do that. And Mace, I like all the possibilities that are over at our Mm -hmm. presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because MSU Denver Online is the new urban online university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. Whether it's online or on campus, it's all the same to them. Their degrees and the classes are the same over at MSU Denver. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver online. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I had an absolute blast on this pod. So for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to have a blast this week. And let's let Pleasure Horse take us through this week right now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day. How long's it been since you had Rolled out the truck and took a country drive One last